Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's your boy Anthony, back with another edition of the Fourth Man. Welcome to another episode. Appreciate everyone who's tuning in. And we are recording after the conclusion of the 2022 Big Three draft. Our teams are now set. We know how we're entering the summers. We know how the teams look entering the summers. And we're going to break it down all here, along with a awesome, dope interview with one of the top draftees in the draft class. Uh, recently on the back end here. So super excited to talk about all the teams. I don't know if I'm ready to necessarily give power rankings yet. I feel like still doing a little bit of research and obviously digesting. Sometimes they're not guys you're mostly familiar with, but dudes that got a lot of game, right? So I'm still trying to do my research and figure that out. It's even more tough because all these teams look really good. It's going to be hard to play someone at 12, but then even more so harder to play someone in the top four for those teams that are going to be playing in Miami for the championship. So we'll get into all, all the teams. I'll kind of recap the draft for you guys, as well as give you an idea of what the teams look like. And then we'll get to our interview. But before we get into all that, as always, if you want to find the show on social media at fourth man pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and maybe throughout the season, we'll try to get into some TikToks. Not sure yet, but one of these days I'll catch on to something that's uh trendy and actually going on if you want to watch the show you can always watch it on youtube.com slash fourth man pod also there you can check out a recap of the live stream that we did we had dante green on co-captain of killer threes co-captain of ghost ballers mike taylor craig smith on there who is one of the big three draft or big three prospects and a big three veteran former top three scorer top five scorer in the league back in 2019 so a really good time on there if you want to get some analysis and reaction from that guys who actually play in this league and guys who actually know some of these guys a little bit better than maybe uh, I do, or maybe you do as well. Uh, I would definitely recommend checking that out. Hopefully come with some other YouTube content here soon as well. I've been talking about video. The videos never came. Need to hold myself accountable. I'm sorry there. I kept trying to put it out and I kept just not being proud of the work. I, don't, I didn't think it was there yet. I didn't want to just push something out just to push something out. Uh, but hopefully I can come up with some good stuff here, go to some games, maybe showcase what the events look like live, you know, behind the scenes, potentially, if I, if I get lucky, fingers crossed there. So uh, make sure you're subscribed, turn on the notification bells, if anything, because we'll obviously have all the episodes on there, along with some cool interviews coming along the way with a lot of the guys who were just drafted, uh, including on today's show. And then, as always, appreciate the guys over at Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel for – streaming and giving us a platform every Saturday and Monday. So let's dive into it. I think it's important to set kind of the stage and the foundation of maybe the biggest topic of the night outside of obviously the number one pick. That's probably the most exciting things or the one thing people are waiting for along with the rest of the picks. But the number one pick is obviously the most um, talked about headline there. But I think the other headline tonight is in, in the draft that we had was that three-headed monsters will have a new co-captain 
going into the 2022 season. Three-headed Monsters ended up taking Jonathan Simmons from the draft and promoting him to co-captain after Reggie after it was announced that Reggie Evans was going to be out for the season with a hand injury. Huge loss for the Three-Headed Monsters there, a team that has never missed the playoffs. They're also going into the season with a new head coach. Originally, when I heard this news that Jonathan Simmons was being promoted, I thought it was going to be from Mahmoud. Of course, Ageless Wonder is definitely not the guy who has been injured or going to take this year off. Instead, uh, Reggie Evans, apparently he was working out or getting ready for the season or maybe just playing in some pickups and ended up hurting his hand. You know, the season's kind of short, so won't be returning, unfortunately. And Three-Headed Monsters ended up picking up one of the better players in the draft in Jonathan Simmons. So pretty wild there to start. I know there was a lot of guys talking about him potentially going in the top three. If anything, the first round, um, if he slipped all the way down to the bottom of, of the first round, because sometimes, you know, if they don't see guys for a while, they might not necessarily want to take a high risk on them, but definitely was not going to make it out of the first round. And Three-Headed Monsters didn't have a pick till twelve. And ended up getting fortunate there. I, well, as fortunate as you can get, right? Losing Reggie Evans, who I consider probably the best big man in probably league history. Losing him to a hand injury, it's tough. Uh, I know for him, it's probably tough. But if you follow him on social media, you see how hard he grinds, how hard he works for this every single year. And he's been inches away from winning a, a big three championship last year. And so devastating news. Get well soon, Reggie. Uh, hope you continue to rehab. And it, he already announced that he's, he's planning to come back next year. But Jonathan Simmons is going to have to hold it down his first year. Big load on him. Uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I, it kind of definitely, you know, I'm, I'm not obviously giving power rankings just yet. But personally, I, I think it, it makes you look at three-headed monsters and kind of second-guess where they would be. Will they make the playoffs again? You know, no Gary Payton at the helm. Obviously, Reggie Thies is a good coach, but they've been able to make the playoffs every year. And, you know, Reggie Evans wasn't a part of that team the, the first season. He was with Killer Threes. But, man, what a consistent, uh, solid, you know, game-changer Reggie Evans has been year in and year out. So to, be, to, to lose him before this year even starts, tough, very tough. Uh, we'll talk about the rest of the three-headed monsters team. I think they had the last pick of the whole draft. So I want to start with the team who had the first pick of the draft. And that was power. And Nancy Lieberman made the selection. They went with Glenn Rice Jr. Uh, as the number one overall pick. Congrats to Glenn. Pretty cool to that he's going to be in there. Power also had a selection in the second round. It was the fifth pick of the second round. And one of the few picks... <laughs> Uh, I personally got right from the mock draft that we did <laughs> ended up being TJ Klein, the son of Nancy Lieberman. So that was, I think that was maybe the only one I got completely accurate. I think I picked another player to go to a team, but TJ Klein, Glenn Rice Jr. added to the, the trio of captains and Katino Mobley, the captain, Royce White as the co-captain, and then Nicholas Still gonna have to work on this last name. I'm, I'm struggling to do so. This is a, I'm gonna get it right. Schizophilly. Uh, schizophilly. Schizophilly. 
Nicholas Kitchafili. Apologize if I'm saying that wrong and you're listening to this, Nicholas, but I'm working on it. I've, I've heard it pronounced a few times. I almost said twice. I've heard it pronounced a few times and I still can't seem to get it to roll off the tongue. So Nicholas Kitchafili will be the other co-captain there alongside Gwen Rice and, and DJ Klein. It's an interesting makeup of a team, right? I think a lot, a lot of the team every year for power um, and their success depends on the health of Katina Mobley in years past when Katina has been hurt, even when they won the championship, they've had the reinforcements, the leadership, the guys that are going to fit into the culture to be able to make up for maybe any games that he might miss out on. But in recent years, he's definitely had to take on a little bit of, of more of the load. And um, unfortunately, he said he's faced some injuries within there. Obviously, power as a whole has faced some injuries. So bringing in Glenn Rice Jr., who's a, a big guard, absolute bucket. Uh, he's got some crazy highlights on YouTube, obviously some NBA experience. And then bringing in a 6'9 wing and TJ Klein, who's a younger guy, 27 years old. I think that this team needs to get a little bit younger. I think that helps. And <clears throat> a, a versatile wing. I think uh, two guys that could be very impactful players. I don't know too much about TJ Klein. Uh, he was recently playing for the Capital City Go-Go and played in Israel. But, um, you know, Cat obviously raved about him and had good things to say. He's got a high IQ being a coach's son, which was uh, reiterated time and time over the draft. So interesting makeup. It's, it's And uh, I'm just going to say Nicholas had a really good combine, you know, from what I was watching and the times I was able to watch him. He looked really good. Obviously, he's a former top five pick, and there was a lot of high praise for him back in back in the early 2000s. but. This is an interesting team. See, these these are the tough decisions I'm trying to make and figuring out, like, like where does this team stack up? Like, right now, for me, I got us, like, just rough draft of it. I'm thinking, like, middle of the pack, you know, got a lot of impactful pieces. How do, how do they mesh together? I don't know. I know that somehow how, how they will, based off Nancy being the coach. But I think um, a lot of success will, will depend on – the health of the team, especially at the top with Katina Mobley. And then what, what kind of impact are we going to see from, from Glenn Rice Jr. right off the bat? I think TJ Klein will play his role, uh, you know, play where he's needed, do what he's needed to do uh, for the better of the team. I think Glenn Rice Jr. has a, a one, probably a big target on his back from the rest of the league, being that number one pick. But also, too, he's, he's got a high expect. They have high expectations for him. I think the team came together knew they wanted. Um, I think he can be very impactful. But uh, a lot of the success of power, I think, will will come down to the health of Katina Mobley and the instant impact of of Glenn Rice Jr. So we'll see. I, I'm I, Everybody on our live stream was pretty shocked by the pick. We thought it was going to be like Darnell Jackson. Uh, who else was the other guy that we thought it was going to be? Hmm. I think Dante mentioned Ty Lawson as a potential pick if they wanted to go to splashy play, but I think I've been saying this leading up to it. You never know which direction Nancy Lieberman's thinking. Obviously, she got, got some input from the team, and they went Glenn Rice Jr., a guy that we thought would go in this draft, just not at number one. So power goes with those two guys. The next, the number two pick was held by Aliens, and Aliens was also another team that we weren't sure how they were evaluating or what guys they were looking at. They end up going to Sean Stevens with the number two pick, and they go with Adam Drexler in the second round of the fourth pick, so the commissioner's son there. Um, 
This is an interesting one. And, and just, I guess, to give a, a quick heads up, the interview on the back end is with Aileen's pick, Deshaun Stevens, the number two pick in the 2022 Big Three draft. And uh, really cool dude, a guy who is coming off a season in, in Europe, uh, coming back recently uh, as, a, as a recording this video, and seems hungry to play, play stateside. He, he's had a really successful career in Europe, still has a successful career in Europe, but I think he's hungry to play stateside and prove something. Um, a guy that was in the draft pool last year and didn't get a chance to go to the combine and never really gets a chance to go to the combine because he's playing overseas. But based off, you know, what Dante said that it was going to be their pick, it seems like he was a, a, a strong commodity or, you know, a, a, a guy that people were looking at or more teams were looking at than just aliens and killer threes, right? So Sean Stevens, 6869, going to bring that physicality. I mentioned this on in our conversation with Deshaun Stevens, but, you know, Dusan had a really good season with power last year, right? He's not the captain of Aliens, had a really good season in his first year with power. First couple of games, there was a little bit of adjustment period, the physicality of the game in comparison to FIBA. Now, I think Thomas Ivosev looks like a physical guy already in FIBA. I don't – and Carlos Lasmanes is a – is an – Young, high flyer, lengthy, fuck it. You know, like uh, uh, there's so many ways to be able to describe him, but he's a jack of all trades, versatile guy, and, um, you know, one of the top players in FIBA uh, and top players in the 2020 Olympics. But I think that being said, there could still be a little bit of an adjustment period. So you bring in a guy like Stevens, who's going to kind of be that physical bruiser and, and set the tone maybe for this team as they, as they make that adjustment from what they're used to. Uh, and so I think it's a really good pick. Um, they have a lot of size, a lot of versatility on this team. If you think about it between outside of Deuce on, everybody's like six, six and taller. Uh, you know, Adam Drexler is six, six. John Stevens, like six, eight, six, nine. Evo Seb, six, nine. Carlos Lasmana, six, seven, six, eight. So this is a really like lengthy team, a really experienced team in the three on three world. Uh, and then you bring in the fact that Deshaun's been playing European-style basketball his whole career since he came out of college. And now he's going to be meshing with these other guys who, uh, you know, bring that want to bring that European flair, as Deshaun mentioned it. Add in the fact that you have Adam Drexler, another another versatile wing. I don't know too much about his game. He looked, Apparently he looked pretty good at the combine from a couple of people I spoke to, which could have led to that decision. Uh, I think Rick Mahorn was only representative of aliens there, but – you know, Adam Drexler, son of Clyde the Glide, uh, you know, you, a lot of length in this team and a, a lot of versatility and bring that that different style of play, the European flair, that experience. So Aliens, another team that's really hard to like really fit into the power rankings <laughs> because like first thought is like because they do have all this experience and so much success playing and three on three, like the feeble, FIBA style of play. Like, I want to put them in the top four because you just added, uh, you know, two strong pieces to the equation, you know, uh, defensive-minded, you know, lengthy, versatile guy in Deshaun Stevens, and then uh, another 6'6 wing who it's like he can get to the cup pretty well. Uh, I'm sure he's got some bunnies based off who his father is. I know they're not the same, but probably inherited some of that. Um, but – 
<clears throat> should be another important piece as well. Like you want to put them in the top four and say this might be their first playoff berth. You just don't know. Just don't know. That's why I'm still thinking about it. Number three pick was made by Ghost Ballers, and they picked Darnell Jackson at number three, who we thought could have gone one and two. And then they also had the 11th pick in the second round, and they picked Jermaine Taylor, one of the one of two teams, I believe, to pick two guys that both had big big three experience. I really like these picks. Uh, you know, Darnell Jackson should be had a really good season with power to another guy that had a really good season with power. I thought he had a really good chemistry and relationship with Deuce on last year playing with power. I thought how uh Elliot was gonna pick him. They went a different round, nonetheless. Ghost Ballers landed a kind of an early steal. And he's, he's going to be a, a great player to offset a, a, another skill big that Ghost Ballers has in their co-captain, Chris Johnson. And I think you look at Darnell as more of the offensive-minded big, whereas Chris can obviously very, very deep bag offensively, but he's probably more of your rim protector, um, defensive presence within the paint, right? So that's going to – that's a really nice, like, blend of two big guys. Uh, that Ghost Powers had, and we've seen the success of that previously back in 2018 when Power won it. So I'm interested to see how they utilize this guy, especially with like a healthy Mike Taylor coming back, right? Or like even if Ricky Davis is in the game with these two dudes. And then <clears throat> on the back end, you know, they get Jermaine Taylor. And Jermaine Taylor, if you look into the recent history of, of the league, you might not see like a lot of like profound stats when it comes to JT, right? But JT was really coming into his own in 2018, like looked really good. And when he was playing with Ball Hogs, it's a big reason why Ball Hogs picked him in the second round of 2019 to bring him back because he 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 was, it looked like he was going to have a really good season. And that year with Ball Hogs, think about who they grabbed in 2019. Will McDonald, who's a co-captain now. JT, who unfortunately ended up tearing his ace, or his Achilles, excuse me, in that first game. And then Tucson back in who didn't get to play because FIBA was going to drop some sanctions uh, based off him and his like try to stop him from playing in the Olympics at the time. Imagine what that ball hops could have team could have been. Um, but going back to Jermaine, like he really hasn't gotten a chance to prove himself yet. Like there's all, so many games that you're able to play within the big three. And then like, you know, you only have so long of a leash, just like any professional league, but I think the leash can sometimes be a little bit shorter in a league like the big three. <clears throat> so Jermaine didn't get a chance to play in 2019. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then in 2021, he gets an opportunity to play with Bivlac and COVID's happening. And I, I think he had to sit out a game or in, because he got COVID and never got to actually like play more than maybe two games at most. So based off what we see, it looks like he's he's really healthy again. He's the same JT that we're used to. The dude's a bucket. Like, if he's healthy and he's in, he's in good shape and physically he's he's where he needs to be, like, he's a bucket. He, if you've ever, if you were familiar with the five tournament, which is a, essentially a makeup of guys during the 2020 season, uh, a makeup of big three players in the 2020 season playing in this tournament, he was actually on the winning team of that five tournament alongside Dante Green. It was really good in that tournament. I think that was when he was maybe one of his most, most uh, healthiest times since coming back from his Achilles injury. But I really like the idea of going with experience here. So Ghost Ballers looking really good. Again, power rankings don't get any easier there. That being said, let's go to four here with Ball Hogs. 
We recently had Will McDonald on. They said they were going to get a big guard and they were going to get a versatile young big who was going to be able to offset Will McDonald. They did both of those things. Did it in the order I didn't expect them, but they went Stacey Davis in the first round at number four, who's apparently like P.J. Tucker-like player. They're going to bring that defensive presence. Uh, can also shoot the ball really well. He's a number two scorer all-time at Pepperdine, the number two rebounder. So grit and grind type of guy who can also get, get you a basket. Then they bring in Karan Iverson in the first pick of the second round. Apparently, the, like the third cousin of Allen Iverson, but can jump out the gym. Should bring that kind of that defensive minded presence that Bob's is looking for. And I'll tell you, this dude has one of the best support systems I've ever seen. I think my Instagram is blown up more, more because of the support that Carl Iverson's getting than any of the other of the other players that were drafted in this league. So should see a lot of uh, Ball Hawks fans uh, um, within the crowd this summer, especially in Dallas. But I think a lot of them will be family of Karan there. But <clears throat> really like what Ball Hawks did. Ball Hawks had a strategy in place. They set out and got their two guys. And they had two really high picks within these two rounds. They decided not to go with guys with big three experience, but that's okay because all their guys have experience already. You know, Barbosa and Meeks have a, a year under the belt. McDonald's been in the league since 2019. And they have a, a style which they play and that they're shooting shooting for. And I think that's two guys that come in, uh, have certain roles that they're going to fill. And I think they, they got who they needed. And I think Ballhawks can be really successful at that. Obviously, a lot of the, the, the team – is relying on what Bar Barbosa and Minks is doing. They're going to see the ball up, but they're going to want to flow and move the offense a lot while defensively trying to get enough stops as well. And I think Iverson comes into play as well as, you know, as well as Stacey Davis. So like the picks, I, it's hard for me to place ball hogs high because uh, they haven't been over 500 yet, but I would not be surprised if they made it, they made a run at this year. They've gotten better every year. So we'll see. A team that I think, <laughs> is one of the easier ones to place towards my power rankings. I think this might be my number one team right now, uh, just based off preseason power rankings. That's Three's Company. They're the other team that went with two big three bets in this draft. And they picked up Julian Wright at number five in the first round. So the fifth pick of the first round, which was Julian Wright. And then they had the second pick of the second round and went with Alex Scales. So again, two big three bets to add to their core. And... Listen, offensively, they're extremely lethal already, right? They have Mario Chalmers who can pass and facilitate. They got potentially the potential MVP this year. It might be crazy that I'm saying this because he hasn't played a game yet, but, like, he is going to get his. And Michael Beasley. And then Brandon Rush, who has been a co-captain in this league for the past few years for Aliens and has had some really strong games as well. So offensively, like – very, very lethal. And they needed some pieces to kind of like play their role a little bit more, um, uh, make up for some, maybe some things. They made. I think defensively they needed to get a little bit better and they needed to get a little bit more versatile. They did that with Julian Wright, the guy who can do a little bit of everything, including uh, carry the ball in court, run the offense, could play defense really well, rebound, uh, catch lob, shoot, like, he could really do a little bit of it all. And they got a little bit more size as well, because I think right now Michael Beasley is the tallest guy. And then you got a guy who spread the floor now, Scales, going to shoot a lot of threes, probably some fours. Uh, but with Ghost Ballers last year when he came in late, 
showed more than he can do. He can do a little bit more than that, right? He, he can he can get his own. He can get his own as well. And uh, just another four spacer. Uh, I think Michael Beasley is a pretty good facilitator, especially with his back to the back to the basket. Matt might get doubled a couple of times this year by a guy like Scales in the corner. So they fit their needs really well. I know that they don't have like a necessarily like a ton of size or like they're not the biggest team, but rebounding guards are important. I think they have enough size. And I think this is the I think this is the best team going into the into the 2022 season. I really do. Uh we'll see where they end up at the end of the year, but I think if all things go well and they're healthy, uh, yeah, this is this is gonna be the best team. Um I'm excited that they brought in another Kansas guy. I'm surprised. I'm, I'm excited they brought in my boy Scales as well. I was going to say uh, something backwards, but I'm excited they brought in Alex. He guy has been working really hard, had a really good combine as well, and guy's proven himself in this league to, to not to go undrafted last year and then to get an opportunity, play really well, and then have a really good offseason in combine and get drafted, uh, have the respect of the league. Kudos to you, bro. That's that's what's up. At number six, triplets, they had the sixth pick of the first round, and then they had the seventh pick of the second round. And their top six pick was questioned a little bit on our live stream. They they needed the big really bad. They had the Pargo brothers as their co-captains, along with the two-time MVP Joe Johnson. They needed the big, and they went with Ryan Hollins as their as their first pick. And then they went with Alonzo G in the second round, who was a first-round pick last year. This one we didn't talk too much about. It didn't seem like anyone was uh, too impressed with the pick or even worried about the idea of them getting <laughs> Ryan Hollins to add to this squad that's, you know, been one of the best teams in the, in the league the past couple of years, a lot of that being with Joe. They lose Al Jefferson, so they definitely need a big, but they lost two versatile wings, I think, in Allen Anderson and Jamario Moon. Thought for a second they'd run it back, but they did fall off a little bit last year at, at the end of the year. You know, losing the number one seed, losing in the first round of the playoffs, and maybe they just wanted to switch things up. Things were not working well. Whenever they lost the killer threes, uh, I think like week seven, things like changed. Like things just didn't look as good. And we saw that. So they went with Ryan Hollins, an experienced big three vet. He's played for killer threes, aliens, threes company a little bit last year. Um, a lob threat, uh, a rim protector. Uh, I think. The one thing for Ryan Hollins that like I don't love since he's been in the league, and maybe why I thought I questioned the pick as well as everybody else, you know, and those guys actually play on the course, so maybe they see a little bit more. A lot of foul trouble, which you know, within the big three, if you get three fouls in the first half, you have to sit. But also too, um, not necessarily a guy, you know, you don't really need him to get you get you a basket necessarily, but not necessarily a guy that you're going to be able to rely on um, to get you a basket down low. Uh, like all the time, like I'm sure you can do it, do it sometimes. But again, like, but the thing with triplets, like they didn't really play Al Jefferson like a ton. They didn't rely on him in a lot. I think they just needed him at times, and maybe that's what they just want with Ryan Hollins. I I think just for that pick too, like it's it's kind of weird that they they went with a big top six, but that's just me. I'm kind of like looking at giving it this grade and thinking, why didn't I give the, the rest of the team's grades here? I'm going to give the Ryan Hollins pick like a C minus. Um, I kind of, sh or, well, I'll give the Ryan Hollins pick a C minus, but then they got Alonzo G too. So I'll give the, I'll give the triplets a C. Alonzo G's um, 
someone that was highly regarded in the second round, someone that was going to go at some point, probably the only constant of Bivouac last year and coming off a really good season playing overseas. And, and uh, I actually like the fit a lot for a long with you, another versatile wing guy that's going to score, play defense for you. Again, one of the only guys who was really like played like almost every game for Bivouac and, and, and contributed to at least like helping them try to get, contend for wins. So uh, I'll give the triple to C. Um, let's see. The other teams. I'm going to give power. Hmm. I think I'm going to, uh, hmm. I'm, I'm going to give power a C plus. I was a little surprised I went with Glenn Rice in the first and then picking your picking TJ Klein. I don't really know how, I guess I've never seen TJ Klein play, play personally. It seems like more of a family tie. Cause like, who's not going to pick their son. But at the same time, too, like, I don't know. Glenn Rice Jr.'s highlights are pretty good. I'll give it a B minus. The, the Aliens pick with Deshaun Stevens and Adam Drexler, I'm going to give it a B plus. Uh, Ghost Ballers, A draft, I think. Stacey Davis and Karan Iverson to Ballhoff, I'm going to give it a B plus. And then I really like Three's Company draft, to, draft too. I... I think I'm going to give them a – I'm going to give them an A because I picked two th big three vets, fit what they need. I would give them an A-plus if, if maybe they got a little bit more size here, but I think they got what they need. I'm just going to give them a standard A. Like you you pass with flying colors, right, but you didn't necessarily like perfect the draft, I guess, or you didn't get like a 100 out of 100. I'll spell it like that. Okay, moving on. To Tri-State, Tri-State had the seventh pick in the first round and the sixth pick in the second round. And honestly, this might be a team I give an A+. Plus. I really like their picks. So in the first round, they go with Dewan Summers in the set with the seventh pick, who another highly regarded uh, newcomer to the big three. And then in the second round, they go with Garland Green, who's going to be selected by Bivlax uh, with his brother being Gerald Green. And they get him at pick six in round two. I I really like both of these picks here for Tri-State. They got a little bit more size. Look, they're trying to compensate for the loss of Earl Clark, who was promoted the co-captain for Trilogy. They get DeWan Summers, who's 6'8", um, you know, brings a little bit more size. Apparently, he, he's a bucket, a uh, former NBA player, uh, picked in the second round of the NBA draft. And... I think bringing him in alongside Larry Sanders and Jason Richardson and Justin Dittman, which, by the way, it is confirmed those are the three captains, as we suspected. Nate Robinson won't be back. I really like the fit there. And then to add Garland Green, who's very – like based on what I've seen, very similar game to Gerald Green. I've made the hot take he might be a better dunker than Gerald Green. Uh, had a really strong career overseas. Maybe he doesn't shoot the tray ball as well as Gerald does. Um or maybe I just haven't seen enough like highlights of it, like or games of him doing that. But uh, another guy that can create his own, um, looks strong on both ends of the floor. I I really like the offensive firepower they added for Tri State. I'm gonna give it an A minus. Um, and I, you're not gonna be able to compensate for Earl Clark, but doing a decent job here also have to make up for um, some other key members of that team as well. I mean, like escaped my name, obviously Nate Robinson being one of them. Uh, who is escaping me right now? Justin Dittman. 
Larry Sanders, Jason Richardson, Nate Robinson. Someone is someone is missing from me. I'll come back to that one, uh, but we're not going to spend the whole time on it here. Let's go to the eighth pick, and that was Bivouac. And Bivouac had the eighth pick of the second round and the ninth pick uh, – or I'm sorry, the ninth pick of the second round and the eighth pick of the first round. And they added some size as well. They go with Jeff Ayers in the first round, and they go with Corey Brewer in the second round. I got to figure out this tri-state thing before I can continue on. Oh, I'm talking about Earl Clark. That's I'm acting like <laughs> that's who I was talking. That's who was missing from there. So, yeah, you're compensating. You're trying to compensate for Nate Robinson, Earl Clark, tri-state. I think they did a pretty good job. All right, let's move on. Uh, now we can officially move on. And Bivite goes with Jeff Ayers and Corey Brewer. Uh, defensive-minded uh, mindset going into it. Obviously, their new head coach is Gary Payton. They got Gerald Green, Will Bynum returning. They'll probably be, a, you know, seventy-five uh, percent of the scoring load. They got Ike Diogu, who uh, captain of the Nigerian basketball team. He's pretty good defensively, apparently, but also like a really strong offensively too. Uh, big body guy. So you added him as your other co-captain. Then you add another defensive. Big and Jeff Ayers, and then Corey Brewer, versatile wing. Can't get any more defensive minor than, than that. Defense turns into offense, and I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm hurt with Bivouac. With Bivouac, I yeah. rated we, you know, we just raved about him so much last year. Going to the Bahamas for sure, and then falling flat, having so many injuries and issues that season. Tough to like. Tough to hold them to a high standard again. I am going to give this uh, an A. No, I'm going to give it a B plus, excuse me, uh, um, for Bivouac in their draft. I think I would have liked to see them add a little bit more offensively, but also that, too, that's because I don't watch a ton of Ideogu's games. Um, I know they have a – well, I mean, I know they have a lot with Gerald Green and Will Bynum. I think I would like to see a little bit more offensive – minded within these two picks, but honestly, Corey Brewer could be that, uh, you know, a guy who scored 50 points in an NBA game. So could be that. I'm still going to give it a B plus because um, I don't know what to expect from Corey Brewer. He's been a player development coach with new, with the Pelicans. So he's probably been playing a little bit. And then Jeff Harris, who's been playing over Japan. We'll see how he uh, factors into the, into the lineup as well. Uh, but I, I like the situation. Again, a lot of teams looking really good. Uh, let's go to the killer threes who had the ninth pick of the first round and the eighth pick of the second round. A lot of these teams had similar picks within each round, which is kind of weird because these are all uh, lottery-based rounds here. But they go with Dominique Johnson in the first round and KJ McDaniels within the second round. Kind of an interesting point here because, you know, we had Mike Taylor on for – Jermaine Taylor pick. He was kind of in and out for the Darnell Jackson pick. But we had Dante tell us both picks before they actually happened for Killer Threes. And uh, interesting points for both of these. If you haven't checked out the live stream, you should. But Dante said that Dominique Johnson's, you know, in his words, going to be the rookie of the year. It's their sleeper. Can't believe it. Nobody got him. Apparently he was going to go top five, but he ended up falling. Uh, some things occurred. And Dominique Johnson, apparently a really good shooter, really versatile guy, can defend well. He's just a bucket, like going to be really good. So Dante Green says he's going to be rookie of the year. Obviously, he's a little biased, but a guy that's been playing overseas, 
uh, came back, did really well at the combine, almost too well in, in their eyes because they wanted to select him. And they got him with the ninth pick. So someone I'm keeping my eye on for sure. And then the other interesting part was in the second round, they were gonna take, they were gonna take Alonzo G, a pick before. Uh, he ended up getting taken. So they ended up going with KJ McDaniels, kind of a similar player there, you know, a guy that's defensive, defensively could be really good. Uh some accolades in college for being a strong defensive player, high flyer, uh, can really get up there and, and throw it down. Uh, had some NBA experience. Interesting point here is that they, after the pick was made, we brought up Jordan Crawford and they're like, oh, you know, he's like, oh, we forgot about him. We were talking about getting him. So um, not saying that KJ McDaniels wasn't in consideration or that they don't like that they picked KJ McDaniels, but just wondering if they would have remembered that, like what their decision might have been. They still might have gone with KJ, but, uh, and I still think KJ McDaniels can be a really good player in this league. Uh, apparently he had a pretty good combine as well uh, for enough people to want to take a chance on him. And guy, I heard rumblings about two here toward the end of the second round. So KJ McDaniels and Dominique Johnson here with the killer threes <laughs> because they forgot about who they were originally going to select. It's hard for me to give him an A, but, and see, this is a lot of this contingent off. Like is, Do is Dominique Johnson really going to be the rookie of the year? Like it's hard for me not to trust the players here. I'm going to give it a solid B. I think they fit needs. They need to have a versatile team. Um, they had the luxury of already having their bigs with Dante being like 6'10", 6'11", Josh Powell being around that same size as well. Uh, they really just need to bring some versatility and some defensive guys that were going to fit into the culture here, what they were trying to do, and that, that's trying to get back to a championship. Uh, coming off strong into the season, we'll see what they can do. Three more teams here. We got at 10, we got enemies. They, they took Seth Henry with the last pick of the first round. And then Keith Benson with the third pick in the second round. Guys that I'm not too familiar with. Apparently, Zach Henry's, uh, you know, uh, made a big presence in L.A. Really good player. Um, about a 6'4 guy who can go get his own. Pretty good shooter as well. Uh, lefty. So, excited to see what he can bring to the table. And then Keith Benson, a late addition to the draft pool. A big, bring that defensive presence. I think he's going to kind of offset Isaiah Austin in a little bit, even though Isaiah can be a really good rib protector as well. I think Keith Benson's going to be more of the defensive focus, you know, when they bring him in, whereas Isaiah is obviously going to be one of your main scoring loads. Enemies, kind of looking tough. I hope Nick Young's a little bit more prepared this year, but you bring him back Elijah Stewart, who just won an MVP over there in Romania. Then you bring him back Isaiah Austin, who had a really good season as a big three and one of the you know, one of the bigger mismatches within the league. Bringing in these two guys, and they drafted a lot, a lot better for like kind of what their fits and needs are this year. Where I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like Nick Young was kind of all over the place last year. Came in because still asked him to, didn't know what to expect, maybe not necessarily prepared. And this year could be a little bit more prepared. So excited to see what they do. I'm going to give this one a question mark because I don't know enough about the players here to actually grade them. Um, but it seems like, you know, two guys that they were pretty high on and excited about and have been like chat with pretty early on. So we'll see what they uh, we'll see what they bring to enemies. I'm excited. Another LA connection there. I know that a lot of 
the guys and enemies have LA connections. So we'll see what they can bring to the table. And then the two teams that only had a second round pick were Trilogy and then Three Headed Monsters. Trilogy brought back former co-captain David Hawkins, another big three veteran. I love the Hawk, so it's hard for me not to get this one an A. I'm going to give it an A minus because, uh, you know, I don't I don't really know what kind of I, I, from what I've heard. David Hawkins is in really good shape last year. He was um, coming back from an injury. You know, um, he came on a little bit late with Three's company and had some decent spurts where he was he was good, uh, but he wasn't the David Hawkins I remember that was like an MVP candidate. But that being said, he was a former MVP candidate, uh, obviously a little bit older now, but uh, they bring in a veteran presence to their championship ways, their championship team already, and a guy that can do a little bit of everything. Um, really good facilitator, can score for you. Um, I, I really like the pick by David Hawkins, so I'm going to give it an A-. And I think Trilogy is probably one of my top four playoff teams as well right now. Might be the number two team here. So Three's Company and Trilogy, that, that might be the start of my power rankings there. And then the other team that only had a second-round pick was Three-Headed Monsters, who <laughs> obviously they added Jonathan Simmons late in the night, but they have to replace Reggie Evans and get a little bit more size. They're a pretty small team right now. I thought, well, I guess up to this point, they have Rashard Lewis, who's obviously a bigger guy. They bring back Kevin Murphy, who's – co-rookie of the year. I can't believe I haven't even mentioned him yet. And then Jonathan Simmons. So that's an interesting one-two punch there. They had some size. They go with Ab Indo or AB Indo. I feel like it's Ab Indo because, right, wouldn't it have like periods in between the A and B? That, that's besides the point. Um, Ab Indo, who played a little bit for power last year, a big man as well. thought he played – Pretty decent for power. I feel like he was still kind of adjusting, and he didn't get a, a you know he needed a little bit of a longer leash. But I think he had some good spurts. You know, obviously he had two tough assignments coming in. I think their their first game was against uh, Enemy, so his first job was like, hey, you're gonna have to go cover Isaiah Austin. And then week two, they go out and they play triplets, and you know, obviously you got Joe Johnson, Al Jefferson, all those guys. So two tough assignments, but I think. During the times he was in, he played pretty well. I don't know if three-headed monsters more so were kind of like, oh, who do we go with, you know, with the last pick and we really need some size here or, or you know, kind of what their thought process was. They probably weren't even thinking about drafting. Now they are thinking about drafting for this position and now they're like, oh, shoot, maybe we should have done our due diligence. I don't know. Um, I'm going to give it a, a B- minus because I think there were some players – I think I would have just probably gone best available here. And then when the time came, if you needed to add some size later or the guy wasn't working out for you, you could do so. But they also, too, address the need. And I think that's what they needed to do here, uh, especially losing Reggie Evans. So give it a B minus. We'll see how it plays out here. That's kind of the makeup of the draft. If you missed it, you know, there you have it. Those are your teams. Wasn't expecting to give grades, but why not? Let's get, you know, grades, I think, uh, you know, from my perspective, take for what it's worth, but uh, grades are always fun. And and a lot of guys in this draft pool that are undrafted still, a lot of guys that went undrafted that are really surprising. Um, a lot of big three vets, obviously. We didn't see Andre Owens drafted for the first time in big three history. Saw Ty Lawson, who's not a big three vet, but he wasn't drafted. Thought we were going to see 
uh, Festus Azili. That wasn't the case. Ballhawks did not take him. Uh, they wanted a, a even younger big, so they went with Iverson. Uh, no trial players, so still no trial player that's ever been drafted. We didn't see Jordan Crawford go, uh, who I mentioned a little bit earlier. No Hezzy God. Pretty interesting. Uh, we didn't see Derek Byers or Al Thornton go, which uh, no, they're maybe not the most prominent names or names you'd expect here. That's like, oh, why is that such a surprise to go undrafted? Well, there are two guys that have played in every year of the big three, just like Andre Owens. So I think there's always a, a chance that people can take a fire on. Didn't take – no one took Craig Smith. Like, that was nuts. You know, we had him on the stream expecting to get a reaction of when he was drafting his thoughts around it and never got the call. Um, tough season last year for him, but the year before – Top five in scoring. He's back and better and in great health. I think he's a guy that's going to get picked up early. Uh, Nomo Charlo, who was a really good defensively. I thought more guys were going to be defensively focused. Um, so I thought like guys like Mo Charlo, Mikel Gladness, Briante Weber could go. They did not. Heard a lot about Pujetter potentially getting the spot. He didn't go, but he also was going to have to combine. Had a really good season with McKnight, though. So Quincy Miller, another one. I mean, I, the list goes on and on. I'm over here, like, reading the draft left off. Like, a lot of guys that were left off that were very surprising. Oh, I can't even – my, my guy, Tony Criswell, who had 19 points and 15 rebounds in his only game in the big three, thought he'd get an opportunity. Definitely, I, I heard a couple teams talk about how he was in consideration. Uh, just need more spots. I and mean, hopefully, you know, this leads to more recognition of the league, the team's able to, to generate more revenue, and – ultimately have another expansion of our four more teams so we can get, get more guys because this league's only going to continue to grow. <clears throat> but that being said, you know, there are my draft grades. There's a recap of the draft. Again, you can recap our whole live stream and reaction analysis, uh, a little bit more in-depth analysis from some of the players that were, were on the live stream. And uh, that's going to be on our, on our YouTube page here. And then also to my power rankings. They're going to come out soon, but we know one and two right now. Three's company at one, and Trilogy's going to be at two. Two could change. One's not changing. One's going to be Three's company. It's been that way since I got Michael Beasley. Um, adding the pieces they did in the draft only solidifies that even more. Uh, that's going to do it for this half of the episode. Appreciate everyone who tuned in. Um, if you liked what you heard, uh, you know, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your uh, podcasts podcast at or any platform you listen to your podcast at if you again if you if you're on youtube make sure you're subscribing hitting that notification bell liking the video that's always greatly appreciated as well and i appreciate the guys over at dash radio and nothing but that channel all that being said i mentioned we have an interview on the back end with number two pick of the 2022 big three draft deshaun stevens who went to aliens so thanks for everyone's time and let's get to our interview with deshaun on today's episode, we're welcoming on the number two pick of the 2022 Big Three Draft and one of the newest additions to a revamped alien squad, Deshaun Stevens. Like I said before, I appreciate you taking the time today. I know you, you're doing a lot. You're about to head back home, so I appreciate it. Uh, no problem, man. I appreciate you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's start here. Uh, obviously, I want to talk a lot about Big Three, kind of your thoughts going into the season where you were and what you were doing on draft night, but I kind of want to start with like your pro career briefly, kind of lay the foundation. Um, so you went undrafted in 2013 to the NBA. Um, today, it almost seems like everybody uh, just tries to go straight to the G League, right? In hopes of like 
catching on with some team or trying to get some kind of two-way or mid-season call-up. But in 2013, I think that was a little bit different, right? The G League wasn't necessarily what it was today. Like, it's made a lot of strides in terms of where it's at. So when you decided to start your – you decided to start your pro career overseas, like, what went into that decision? What was kind of the landscape uh, during 20 – like, during that time when you came out? Um, it was – like you said before, it was definitely a different time. So it was a uh... – it was a little weird for me because I actually had no idea like how overseas basketball was. I, it honestly wasn't even an option to me. It was I was oblivious to it. But um, when I when I got done with my Caesar season, my senior season, and uh, I started talking to like a couple agents and stuff and uh, figuring out what I was going to do after. That's when we started talking about the overseas life, and um, I mean, I like the idea of the the G League at the, the D League at the time. But um, from the only thing I knew was that the money wasn't the same as it would be being overseas. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, broke kid in college, I was like, nah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get the bag first. <laughs> so <laughs> I, feel uh, I just went straight to overseas, tried to make as much money as I can. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I started. I mean, if a lot of times I look back, I'm like, man, maybe I should have, tried the, the D-League route like right away. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's always better to do that early in your early in your career and then overseas is always going to be here. But um, it's definitely something that I think about on occasion. Yeah, it's it's weird because we actually had this discussion. We had a live stream um, and I was on with a, a few of the players as well as uh, one of the guys who works for the G-League. We were kind of having that discussion. It, it's so hard to like balance that and know how long you should stay because some guys stay like forever right but then there's also too like the idea where you're not making a lot of money and you got to make like got to get your bread at some point right because yes, you're, you're doing this for live. a living yeah, yeah, yeah you're doing this for a living like this is your everyday job so um i'm sure it's like super enticing coming out of college like you said and just being like oh there's that much money on the table like yeah, yeah. let's just start the career overseas uh and you've had a really successful career Playing overseas, um, you're finishing up your season there in Bosnia. You just won the Bosnian Cup with your team. If you could, in one word, describe your career, you know, playing overseas so far, what would that word be? In one word? Um, it can be a hyphenated word if necessary. Wow. Uh, probably just growth. Growth. Uh, I think I've, I think every country I've played and every team I've played on, I've grown into a different player and I've taken a piece of something from every mm -hmm. team, you know, and every different aspects. Most countries, uh, they all have a different style of playing basketball, which is something that I enjoy about playing overseas. So uh, it's really cool to take other different styles of basketballs and adapt them to my game and figure out how I can use them, how I can be better. And um, yeah, so so growth growth is probably it. I've, I've grown a lot over the years. Yeah, and man, that's a great perspective to have, I think. And it's so interesting because you're saying like, you know, maybe you look back on starting in the, in the D League or G League and starting stateside, but ultimately like what you've done over your pro career and how you've grown as a player has led you to the point where now this new league has started in the big three. 
and you're going to chance to come back and play stateside and, and still, you know, make a lot more money than you would in the G League um, playing in the summertime. Let's start first with how you heard about the big three. Um, I feel like I saw your name in the draft pool last year, but I don't know if you attended the combine or anything. And sometimes like when people don't see players, they're like, you know, how's yeah. he look or, you know, who is that sometimes? But, you know, how'd you hear about the, the league and, you know, why, why this year in terms of like trying to have an opportunity to play? Well, I mean, I'm born and raised in L.A., so okay. uh, mm -hmm. big three is, is popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to catch on. Everybody knows what Ice Cube is doing, man. I've been a fan since I was a kid, so uh, it's, it's always something that I've seen. Uh, the first couple of seasons, the first couple of seasons I just watched, I was like, it's really exciting. Um, never really thought about playing in it until – maybe two seasons ago. Okay. That's the first time I put my name in the in the draft. But uh Thomas, Thomas Scott actually uh messaged me about it and uh thought that I should put my name in. And I said, yeah, let me let me give it a shot. Definitely uh getting a chance to play back at home and um in front of friends and family again it's it's always an option or a plus especially over the summertime. But um yeah I entered my name probably the last two seasons, but of course I'm always overseas. So I always miss the combine and, mm. and all the, the other little workouts, the tryouts and stuff like that. So I never really get a chance to be seen. So um, I was very fortunate this season and uh, I actually had a couple of guys that, that I was uh, talking to about getting mm. picked up and um, Dusan, Dusan is actually Serbian. So yeah. He follows the league here, the Abba League that we play in, and uh, I guess that's that's how he's seeing me. I'm not really 100% positive on that. But, um, yeah, I believe that's how he's seeing me, and he figured that I would help out with the team, and uh, he contacted me, and we took off from it. That's dope. Yeah, I was wondering that, too, and uh, maybe we can get into more detail about that. But uh, it's pretty interesting. I think for – for Dusan, he might have heard some buzz around some other captains and stuff because we had Dante Green from Killer Threes on the live stream. He said your boys with Frank Nitty. Um, and yeah. when you went <laughs> at number two, he was like, damn. He was like, that was gonna be our pick. I was like, I don't know if you're gonna get him at number nine, bro. Like, if he went that high, like if he went that high, there's no way you're gonna get him at number nine. Um, but I guess like kind of talk to me about. Talk to me a little bit about like draft night. Like, what are you thinking? Um, you know, at, at this point, are you feeling pretty confident that you're going to go or like, you know, uh, is it one of those things where you're just like, I'll just wait until after the draft to kind of hear about it? Because it is, I mean, I guess it is late for you over there. So you're probably already sleeping at that yes. point. I actually, I actually stayed up to watch it because uh, oh, okay. I felt like it was going to be exciting. So <laughs> I decided to stay up and watch it. But um, I mean, I had a, I had a great feeling about it, but again, you never know, never know what can happen in, in a draft night. Anybody can go anywhere. And um, it was very exciting. Uh, I actually didn't think I would go that high. Um, I figured it would be like a second round thing, especially with, not be, with me being not seen and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great feeling. Um, it, it was overwhelming seeing Ice Cube just say my name, period. Uh, so, <laughs> Being, being a fan from a child, man, it's like that's that's LA. That's mm -hmm. that's my home. So uh it was it was it was definitely a great feeling and a great experience. Uh 
I wish I would have been home in the States to experience mm-hmm. it, but <laughs> you know how it goes. Yeah, especially, uh, you know, like I told you, I lived overseas for a little bit and I used to watch like, I used to have to like watch like, like all the NBA playoffs at like two or three in the morning. And I just keep yeah, like, passing out to them and then like wake <laughs> up and I'm like, oh shoot, I missed like a really good game. Luckily this year, it's like most of them are blowouts. So you're not too, missing too much or like you can catch them early, yeah. but uh, yeah, that, that's cool. So how do you feel like, you know, being overseas, how do you feel like you solidified yourself as a, you know, just as even a contender to go in, in the draft? Because like, you know, you talk about like, oh, I might've dropped to the second round. There's 22 picks in this draft, like out of a hundred plus people. So like, you're still like a premier pick, whether you're number 22 or number two, right? So how do you feel like you solidified yourself this year? Uh, Man, to hear you put it in that way, it's, it's, it's a little different, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. I think, uh, I hope it doesn't put too much of a target on my back or anything like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a competitor, man. I'm a compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play basketball. This is, this is what I do for a living. So uh, it's nothing new to me. It's not, uh, it's not different. You know, I'm not looking at it in any type of way, like, Oh, I'm not prepared or I ain't ducking no smoke, you know? So I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for the season. Uh, it should be exciting. I'm, I'm excited to see how the three-on-three basketball is going to be. You know, I've been playing five-on-five my whole life. Obviously, three-on-three in the parks and stuff like that. But um, it's 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 going to be a different type of basketball, and I'm excited to see, especially with the team I'm on with uh, Dusan and the way that he wants to run things, kind of like a, a European-style bringing yeah. to American, which is it's easy for me. I can play both ways. So uh, I feel like it's going to be a different vibe. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, I've been told before that I'm an exciting player to watch. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we bring that same vibe to the big three. Man, that's a that's a perfect segue actually into to what I was thinking as well. First off, the good thing about being number two is like usually the target is on the back of the number one pick. Like I felt like everyone went at Isaiah last year because he was the number one pick, and they kept saying that at games and stuff. So it might be the same thing with uh with Glenn this year. But at the same time, too, like like you said, like you play a lot of European ball and you're coming into a team where it's going to definitely bring that European flair. Uh, first and foremost, have you had a chance to, I guess, watch more clips or footage of like Dusan and get a chance to like even talk to these guys like Dusan and um, Carlos as well as uh, as Thomas? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dusan, Dusan is a introduced all of us we've all that's cool spoke at least on the phone um the same with coach coach Mahorn mm-hmm. so um Is yeah it we, we got that gotta, coach Mahorn it's crazy, it's crazy. <laughs> okay continue it's my bad very insane. But, um, yeah it's uh we, we we vibe already it's it's easy I mean let alone it's just been through texts or voice messages and stuff like that uh I'm excited to see us actually get together and uh get on the floor and kind of get some motion. But um, the way he plays, I watched a lot of his videos. It's it's crazy because a lot of my teammates here are, uh, they know of him. He's, he's, a, mm. he's a big name here uh, in the Balkan area. So um, 
they're they're probably more excited than I am <laughs> to <laughs> to play with. Him. But um, yeah, I, I got to watch his highlights. I got to watch the way he plays. Uh, it's very easy. I've, I've played with multiple players like that, so uh, it's going to be an easy adjustment. And I'm just excited to see what the chemistry does. Yeah, definitely. I think Thomas and, and Carlos bring an interesting piece to it, right? Because Thomas and Juson, sure. they won. 35 games in a row at one point together is what I read, like three or four FIBA world titles. Carlos is an Olympic gold medalist in this three-on-three. Um, and he's, he's still 28 <laughs> years old. Like, it, it's weird because, like, um, you know, we saw Dusan make his debut last year. Um, he came over straight from the Olympics. I think there was a little bit of an adjustment period, like, physically, which I think is why they brought you in, right? Like, not only for versatility and size, but, like, physically you'll be able to match with most of the players within here. Um, but yeah, like, I think it's going to be like a really interesting team. Like they're definitely, you're definitely going to have that European flair. Like you're going to, I feel like you're going to mesh really well with them too. And then you bring in uh, Adam Drexler as well. Um, the commissioner's son, like, what are your expectations for year one? Nuts. It's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, man. This is, it's crazy sometimes just hearing all the name drops. It's like, wow. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of like family ties for sure this year man we're, we're all in the same building it's 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 love it's, it's definitely going to be love to be a part of the victory but um expectations for this year I mean at the end of the day I wouldn't be a basketball player if I didn't say a championship so um, I mean obviously we want to we want to go as far as we can and uh be the best be the best in the league if possible but um I think me personally, my expectation is just to bring as much energy and bring as much energy, play as hard as I can, uh, get as involved with my teammates as much as I can, and uh, just try and help them, try and help them transition to whatever we need to transition to. Um, definitely play defense. I'm a defense guy, and I love to play defense. So um, I want to be a threat. Uh, and I just want us to get as far as we can. Yeah, that's going to be big time. I think, too, uh, I mean, for me personally, what I watch is, like, Aliens, the team you're on, Enemies, Bivouac, and Ball Hogs, teams that haven't made the playoffs yet. Three of them are expansion teams, right? So they've only been around for a couple seasons. One team's been around since inception and gone through the struggles. But, uh, like, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it really, like, for the past couple of days. I'm like, damn, if I were to put, like, a power rankings together, like, who would I put at the bottom? Like no team is, <laughs> no no team is really like got like a, a weakness to their game. Like every team is seems pretty good on paper. Like have you yeah. been a chance? I had a chance to like kind of look at the rosters and reflect and you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Are there any any sure. teams that like stand out to you that you're like, oh man, like definitely uh, definitely I, I trying watched, to lock them down because <laughs> they're gonna be good. I watched the entire draft. Uh, I watched the entire draft, so I was up to like four. Four, oh, man. Five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the entire draft. Uh, I actually got a handful of friends that got drafted, so I'm excited oh, cool. to uh, I'm excited to play against them. And uh, you know, I mean, we already do it overseas, so mm -hmm. it's cool to be back on soil and get into it. But um, and a lot of other guys, you know, I've played against in the Drew League and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So um, yeah, there's there's some uh. I, I definitely have my eyes on the enemies. That's that's tough. Nick mm. Nick Nick put a put a solid squad together. 
for that one. Uh, Sec is a ridiculous score. Uh, that's going to be crazy. Uh, who else was I thinking of? The uh, Tri-State. Tri-State's going to be tough. Uh, JD's my guy. Mm -hmm. So is uh, Garland. Uh, mm -hmm. Garland's a great pick for them. And uh, trying to trying to go on blank right now. Oh, trying got, to think uh, of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who else tried to say that? Oh, uh, Dewan. Dewan Summers. Yes, yes, yes. Dewan yeah. Summers. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna be a tough team to deal with. Uh, what team is Beasley on? Uh, Three's Company with uh, Rio and. And the Kansas Kansas boys over there, Rio, uh, Rush, and uh, yeah, that I mean that'll be a fun one for you, right? Like that's They're that's the challenge tough. you want. Right? Yeah, 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 no doubt. Be a tough but like I said, we're I'm I'm excited for every matchup. So uh, yeah, this, this is gonna be exciting, man. This is gonna be exciting basketball for sure. Yeah, and you got you got a lot of experience on your team for sure in the three on three space yeah. there. Like I, I know FIBA's a little bit different because it's I think most of it's like. They score, you grab the rebound, go behind the, the three-point line, and then, like, you're just back in action again. But, like, I mean, we That's saw probably going to be the toughest part for me is adjusting to the actual three-on-three. Three. I mean, like I said, I played it at parks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, the actual rules, I kind of got to gotta dial in for that. For sure. But, um, yeah. Like, sh shot clock and just, like, uh, I mean, yeah. spacing and, like, the actual game, I think you'll be fine with. But I think, like, shot clock and stuff is, like, some stuff that you'll you'll get adjusted to fairly quickly, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Basketball is obviously the main point of playing in the league, but there's a bunch of different reasons why I think people love playing in, in the league as well. Just like, obviously, you've mentioned like playing back in the States is going to be cool. Uh, but I think like there's a lot of camaraderie in the league. Are there any things that you're looking forward to just like off the court uh, within the league? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, like I said, I got to handful of friends that that are participating in big three so it's just going to be cool to see everybody uh get to travel around you know we get to play in chicago and 80 percent in dallas so yeah yeah <laughs> so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be exciting to just you know get out and enjoy the summer you know mm -hmm. uh outside of california i get to leave california a little bit mm -hmm. but um it'll be yeah it'll be exciting i believe my I believe my wife's going to come to a couple games. So oh, that's uh, cool. It's a cool, cool experience for her to get to see. And uh, I'm not sure if any other family come out, maybe. But, um, yeah, it should be exciting. It should be, it should be definitely exciting. Uh, I'm also excited to meet all the, the coaches. <laughs> man, bro, just to, just to bump, bump elbows with everybody, man. This is going to be quite the experience. Definitely, definitely got to uh, shake hands with Ice Cube. That's for sure. <laughs> facts facts uh that, that would be cool no doubt um for those unfamiliar with your game you've kind of touched on it a little bit throughout but for those unfamiliar with their game and, and we've gotten a lot of new listeners as of late because of uh these teams kind of being like fractioned into their own separate like entities essentially with new owners and stuff and the nft craze going on how would you kind of describe your play? Yeah, you mentioned defense is one of the things you love most, but how would you describe your, yourself as a player? Um, I think as a player, I mean, obviously, I believe I can do everything. I think I'm a, <laughs> I think I'm a Swiss Army knife to, to keep it okay. But um, the type of player I am, I'm kind of a, 
I don't want to say system player exactly, but I do what is needed for the team. So even if I believe that I can shoot threes, if we got two other guys shooting the threes and we need somebody getting the boards, I'm going to get the boards. I'm not worried about the threes. I'm definitely, I'm definitely an energy guy, very athletic, uh, lob threat, dunk threat. Mm. Uh, I love playing defense. Uh, I communicate. I'm loud all the time on the floor. And uh, I think it's just big energy. Try, try yeah. to be an energy giver. Um, when I was in college, Coach Fisher, Coach Fisher told me, he pulled me to the side one day. I'll never forget it. It was like a, it's probably like our second game into when I first got to school. And uh, he kind of just pulled me to the side and he was like, when you go on the floor, you're either an energy giver or an energy taker. Mm. So make sure you're always on the giving side. And ever since then, I took that and I ran with it. So whenever I'm on the floor, I want to be the guy that gives energy to everybody else on the floor. No matter what I do, if it's diving on the floor, going to get an offensive rebound and, you know, doing everything, speaking, being verbal, mm-hmm. I just want to be the guy that feeds energy to everybody else. Man, that's a dope motto. That might apply to more than just the stuff on the court, honestly. That yeah. might apply to <laughs> just the life lessons. I got I to gotta think about that a little bit more. All right, bro. Uh, you know, appreciate the time. Obviously, you said you're going to spend a lot of time in Dallas. So the goal being... Got to get to Atlanta and Miami because that means you're in the playoffs. And that means you're in the championship. And then as well, too, uh, get to the Bahamas because that means you're an all-star. So uh, best of luck to you this summer. Um, <laughs> last thing I want to do is open the floor to you. Uh, you know, obviously did a little research about you, but it looks like you have a clothing line. But anything you have going on or want to plug here, I want to give you the floor uh, for maybe our listeners to be able to go and check out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm definitely partnered up with uh, Boosted. Boosted, I, I believe that's their Instagram handle. I don't know exactly. But uh, I'm partnered with Boosted, and I just have a couple couple drops coming soon, but uh, not too much. It's, it's, it's just something I like to do on the side. It's very fun. It's very uh, to the point. It's just something that mainly like catchphrases that I live by, like don't settle and stuff yeah. like that. But um, yeah, it's cool. Definitely. Uh, my Instagram is obviously D Stevens, D E S T E P H E N S two three, and uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready for the big three. Ready to get back home. Ready to get to it. And uh, I think it's gonna be an exciting season. Yeah, hundred percent. Congrats again on being drafted. And uh, yeah, best of luck to you. Excited to see you play. Excited to see how you uh you work with aliens. And uh, let's get you guys to the playoffs for the first time. Yes, sir. Let's do it, man. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. All right. That was our interview with Deshaun Stevens. Just want to say a big thank you to him as he's wrapping up his season in Bosnia. Just want to say thank you to him because really dope interview one. Really cool to hear his perspective on his thoughts around the league, his draft night experience, and just his, you know, kind of the surrealness he's having and the excitement he's having. Sounds like he's excited to get to work. Tucson did his homework on him and uh, I guess saw him play over in Europe and he added him with the number two pick. So excited to see what he brings to the table and what Aliens does this season. All in all, should be very exciting. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. Again, you can follow the show at Fourth Man Pod on all your social media platforms. YouTube.com slash Fourth Man Pod where you can find our, our visual versions of the show. And thanks to the guys at Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel for providing us with a platform every Monday and Saturday. 
Thanks for everyone tuning in once again, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.